Welcome back, everybody. It is your Extreme Rules Post show. And I had planned on recording this earlier in the morning, but I just needed more time to really comprehend just what we watched last night. WWE has... They've just brought it back, uh, at least in my opinion. It just... The entire show was great. There were maybe one or two kind of low, I wouldn't even say low, like medium moments. (laughs) Everything else was just firing on the highest of highs. And the way the show ended, I mean, I I am 38 years old and I was emotional at the end of this pay-per-view. It was just, it was just so good. I feel like the, the, the biggest wrong that that was committed over the past few years has been corrected and i cannot wait for for raw or smackdown wherever wherever they come back and obviously i'm talking about bray wyatt uh him making his amazing return last night the whole just the whole thing with the firefly funhouse characters coming to life them actually going back to the Firefly Funhouse, showing that it's been abandoned for over a year. Cobwebs everywhere. The characters are all dead, sprued everywhere. It's just, it's just so well done, and the whole segment is just amazing. Like it was a good five minutes of just pure joy for the majority of wrestling fans out there. Um, and I can't wait to see what happens next. But that's, oh man. That was that was that was one hell of a show last night. Uh, but let's talk about our matches here. Like I said, we had the six, and then obviously Bray with making his re-debut at the end of the show. But we kicked things off last night with the Brawling Brutes and Imperium in a good old-fashioned Donnybrook match. And holy shit, what a way to start off this this night. It was just insanity. All six men were highlighted at certain times having their own unique brand of offense. And it was great to see. That's what I kind of hoped with these multi-tag matches that you that everybody gets a chance to do something spectacular. And they all did. Um yeah, obviously the whole Seamus and Gunther showdown after what had happened on SmackDown, it just added more fuel to the fire, and it was just so much fun. And it was great to see the Brawling Brutes get the win. Uh, I believe it was Sheamus pinning Vinci. It was just, yeah, it was great. I, for me, honestly, I think that was the match of the night. And it just it just set the bar so high. And it was just so good. Uh, so I look forward to seeing what, what they do next. I know, obviously, with the, the tap-out controversy on SmackDown, I'm wondering if maybe... Sheamus will get a third chance at the title. Maybe this will be at Crown Jewel, which I believe is the next pay-per-view for WWE. So we'll see. We'll see. After that, we had Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey fighting for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Liv brought it, but Ronda gets the win here. Submitting Liv Morgan, but... Liv never taps. Liv passed out. So her body gave up on her, but she did not give up on the match. The thing that I found very interesting is that as she's passing out, she has the biggest Cheshire cat grin on her face as she's going to sleep. And I'm just like, wait, 
that's not what I expected at all. And then, of course, as Ronda's like chirping away as she's walking back to the ring, uh, walking back to the back with it with the title and everything else, you just see Liv just looking back at her with this giant grin on her face. And I'm just like, all right, is she cracking? Like, is this gonna be like a new psycho Liv coming in the future? If so, then uh, sign me right up. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've been wanting to see if Liv would ever do some type of like crazy gimmick because she seemed like it would be a natural fit. And, and I'm not, that's not an insult. To, that's not a shot at her either. It's just, I don't know. She just, she, she gives off that energy. Like she could really pull off something like that. And of course, later on uh, during the show, they tried to, they tried to do one of those exclusive, you know, interviews in the back and they couldn't find Liv until the very end of the video. They just see Liv uh, kind of like, sitting on the floor in like a darkened area of the arena and she's just kind of sitting there and she's just kind of grinning and it's just like okay all right maybe maybe they're starting to do something here okay this is this could be interesting uh, our third match was the strap match between carrying cross and drew mcintyre uh this was this was one hell of a, a hard-hitting affair. Um, the funniest moment, at least for me, is uh, at one point, uh, Karrion Cross was whipping uh, Drew McIntyre, and Scarlett just starts screaming more. It just it reminded me of Kylo Ren uh, <laughs> in Star Wars doing the same thing as they're trying to uh, obliviate Luke Skywalker. And um it was just so funny. Of course, the internet took it in different ways because they're the internet, and well, that's just yeah. That, but we'll leave that for your imagination. Um, Cross gets the victory here, which I kind of hoped he would. However, it was not really due to anything Carrion did. It had to do with Scarlet, Scarlet bringing Mace into the equation and spraying Drew directly into the face with like uh, I don't know a half a gallon worth. <laughs> Of pepper spray, uh, allowing Cross to then pick up the pinfall. Um, and you know, I, I this, I, like I said, this was something that Cross desperately needed, uh, more than Drew. This really isn't going to hurt Drew at all. Um, if anything, this will just continue the feud, which is fine. I, I expect Drew to ultimately get the one up on carrying Cross uh, once everything's said and done. But for now, it's a good time to have Cross get that first victory. After that, we went to the Raw Women's Championship match, the ladder match between Bianca Belair and Bailey. This, for me, was my second favorite match of the night. You can't deny the star power that both of these women have. Uh, I actually I picked Bailey to win this because I expected damage control to do something and and cause the bailey to get the win they did show up like i expected them to but bianca belair just put them both down uh belair uh, belair did not have any friends in this match tonight because both uh, miss bliss and oscar were both injured on raw so she was literally in a three-on-one handicap match for a few minutes but she took out both dakota and eo and then did a ridiculous KOD to Bailey while Bailey was holding on to half of the ladder. And Bailey ends up smashing her face against the ladder. Bianca goes ahead and climbs up the ladder and gets the win. The crowd erupts. So it's like people want to doubt Bianca Belair. The crowd reaction alone is a reason why you do not take this belt off of her. And I will openly admit I was wrong. I, I just had a feeling that it was time for Bailey and the crew to run things for a little bit. But 
nope, I was wrong, and I'm completely okay with that. Uh, I have no no issues with Bianca Belair. I think she's done a phenomenal job as Raw Women's Champion, and I, I'm completely fine with being wrong. I'm glad that she's winning, and I don't know if this is going to be the end of that or if they're going to continue going or who's next to challenge. Hey, I'm all for it. Let's see what happens next. After that, we had the I Quit match. Finn Balor and Edge and... If I remember it correctly, I wanted Edge to lose this match because I felt like it'd be better for Finn and for the Judgment Day as a whole. I didn't think it would happen, but the one thing that could have potentially swung this in Finn's Balor, Finn Balor's way actually happened, and I'm glad. I think this is really good. This also sets up a future match down the road. Beth Phoenix, Edge's wife. Shows up during this match as Edge is getting beaten by all four members of Judgment Day. Comes in, takes out everybody else, goes to war with Rhea in the ring, and the crowd is just eating this up. So I'm like, all right, well, WrestleMania uh, 39 match, uh, check. (laughs) Or the Rumble, probably, because that's probably a lot closer. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun when those two finally square off. Uh, Part of me really hopes that... Um, WWE, WWE pulls the trigger and goes back to TV 14 because I'd love to see uh, Rhea fight Ray or Rhea fight Edge or, you know, stuff like that. Like get involved, get physically involved and just I think it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, she's definitely one of those characters that can mix it up with the men and have no problem doing so. Beth, obviously another one, um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. There's probably going to be a mixed tag at some point. Uh, yeah, it's this, this whole feud has been actually done really, really well, um, ever since they took, uh, edge out of the judgment day way back when. So Finn does get the win here because what ends up happening is obviously Beth gets involved and then Beth eventually gets taken out by Rhea while Rhea is wearing, uh, brass knucks. They put her head under a or over a chair to do a concerto and the rest of <laughs> the rest of judgment day is holding edge back as, as making edge watch what Rhea is about to do to, to Beth. And before edge was like, I'm not going to quit. I don't care. You can do anything you want to me. It will never happen. But the moment that his wife gets in trouble, edge, he quits. He just like, no, fine. I quit. I quit now. Just, just don't hurt her, whatever. And so the bell rings Finns get the win, and then Rhea looks at Edge and goes, you've taught us too well, and then he does. she does the concerto to Beth anyways, um, which is exactly what I hoped they would do just to drive the storyline further, and they did it. So obviously there's a big, you know, promotion after that, Edge trying to get somebody to help um, with Beth. Ray Mysterio actually made an appearance during this match, but he was taken out by Dominic. So... We got to have the father-son match. Ray's going to have to snap on his boy. It just needs to happen at some point. But I like I like what they've been doing with Dominic. And I know my buddy Sam over it. No, the ropes is going to hate me saying that. But it's just he's been doing a good job. Uh, he's going to get his comeuppance. It's going to happen. But, man, it's, yeah, there's some good stuff. I enjoy it. Uh, and then our main event of the night was the fight pit match. Matt Riddle, Seth freaking Rollins, and Riddle finally gets the win over Seth. Um, there was some ridiculous moments. Uh, uh, <laughs> Riddle doing a, a Habroton from the top of the 
the platform, which was probably 15, 20 feet up. And he lands it on Seth, and I swear probably broke Seth ribs. It would it would not surprise me if he has some fractured ribs after this match. Uh, I don't expect Seth to be on Raw. And if he is, then God bless him. My goodness. Uh, this was a very hard-hitting match. Uh, not having ropes was, was weird. Like, I know they had him in NXT. Like, they didn't have the ropes in NXT during the fight pit, but it just felt weird. I also thought that it was too too bright for this match if i remember correctly the nxt matches were very dark uh and it felt more gritty this felt i don't know too bright for me so it kind of took away from it a little bit um the crowd didn't really know what to think at certain points they were also chanting we want wyatt because the white rabbit was obviously going to have his his you know reveal tonight and it hadn't happened yet so obviously everybody expected all right it's going to happen during this match or somewhere around it and they were getting antsy uh i mean i will agree with that i was antsy myself because i'm like when is this going to happen obviously i expected to be during this match i expected something to happen and maybe he would attack seth if it was bray uh just to go back to their old fighting and, and whatnot but no the match went through everything was done riddle taps out seth gets the win celebrates and then the lights go out and that's when my heart went into my throat <laughs> the crowd explodes because they don't know what's happening and then we hear he's got the whole world in his hands and the crowd and myself i actually yelled from my couch watching this i was like oh my god it's him it's him they keep doing different things keep saying the same He's got the whole world in his hands. They go and they show off every single Firefly Funhouse character in their live action form. Um, some are really creepy. <laughs> People already started like diving into who they possibly could be, um, especially for Sister Abigail. People brought up that it might be uh, Miss Bliss. They showed both titles that were there. And, and Alexa was the first round SmackDown Women's Champion. So, yeah, it's... Who knows? Who knows if we'll actually get people? I know he's saying he's the the Wyndham Six. You have five Firefly Funhouse characters, including the Fiend, and then you had Bray himself return. They had the the they had this door and a door frame and everything else. It looked like he was opening up the like the gates of hell or something. Um, and the door kicks open. It's just a bright light. A lot of people actually referred to that being a tribute to Brody Lee when he made his AEW debut because Brody had the same thing before he showed up. So if that's the case, and I'm assuming it probably was because Bray and Brody were were like brothers, that that was probably that. And, and, and I and I like that little touch. But the light eventually goes out and then we see the lantern light up and the crowd pops. And then a figure walks through holding the lantern. And it has a rabbit mask on. Crowd gets even more rowdy about it. Then the figure removes the mask. And the moment the crowd sees Bray's face in the light of the lantern, I haven't heard a pop this loud since the Attitude Era for Stone Cold Steve Austin. I need, need this to be more often. It just needs to happen. This was this. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about this right now. It was just such a powerful moment. The holy shit chance right after that. And it was just, oh, yeah, 
it, this this is what you know sports entertainment professional wrestling this is what it's all about the moments the feelings the excitement this is what WWE used to do on a weekly basis and for quite a while it hasn't it it, it would pop up now and then but it wouldn't be a big thing this was a huge deal and i look forward to seeing what happens going forward with bray with who he decides to go after first um but right now just keep him away from roman i understand him and roman have a history the anything but you roman i still joke around with that to this day one day he's gonna do it he's gonna go after roman will he win i don't know should he win i don't know he just got back let him devour a few people first, and then we can have this conversation come, I don't know, WrestleMania 39. I know there's all talk right now about Cody being the next in line once he returns from his injury. That's all good and fine. Let him do it. Like I said, I don't think Roman will lose this title until WrestleMania 40. I've been saying that for months now, and I'm going to stick with that. I don't think it's time for it to happen. It just, I, I don't know. I just feel like they want Roman to get into the top five all-time title reigns in, in length. And he still has a long way to go before he catches P, uh, Pedro Morales. So we'll see. We'll see. But that's it for this review, guys. Oh, my God. What a show. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens next week on Raw and SmackDown. And now we are heading straight towards Crown Jewel in early November in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Ah. <sighs> Well, if you don't already, guys, please follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. We are so close, a little over 500 away from 10,000 followers. And it's just, we appreciate every single one of you guys that do that do follow us. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at Ship at Above the Ring. Find us on Instagram at underscore Above the Ring. And you can find us on YouTube at Above the Ring. Uh, we are in the middle of trying to do some new things for YouTube. So be on the lookout. Uh, it still might be a couple of weeks out, but just keep it fresh in your mind. Um, you can also find me pretty much everywhere as Scotty J Street. And you can find this podcast on basically every podcasting platform that is out there. If you're listening on one that we're not a part of, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it. Then we can do all your one-stop shopping and add a little bedlam to your day from above the ring. Again, my name is Scott. I am the man behind the Twitter of Above the Ring. Most importantly, though, guys, thank you so much for listening. Do not forget to ship it and join the bedlam. Have a good day. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.